Hello, and welcome back to A Better World. This is your host, Mitchell J. Raven, and I'm very glad you're joining us again today. Today, we're going to be doing a deep dive with the directors of a film called Conscious Light about the life of Adida Samraj. Adida is a spiritual teacher who passed a couple of years ago, and one of the directors, Blythe Massey, was with him during the last many days, actually about 40 days or so, of his life. Uh, they have an ashram on the island of Fiji, well, one of the nearby islands there, and um, she was there filming uh, him around the clock almost, and that becomes part of this film, along with lots of other footage going back some decades. Well, this film stops people in their tracks. It certainly stopped me. And it will awaken uh, different aspects of our human nature and to, I'd say, the higher aspects of our nature. And that's why I wanted to speak with the directors today about the film, the making of the film, the content of the film, what it was like to spend time with Adida, uh, both toward the end of his life, but also in the middle and uh, a little bit more toward the uh, beginning of his teaching. And a lot of that is called from other students of his that show up in the film. So it's an exciting, exciting chance we have to learn from the directors themselves about what it was like to create the film and to spend a lot of time with the footage. So a bit about the filmmakers themselves. Peter Harvey Wright, Australian by birth, has been a filmmaker for decades. He has um, he graduated from Monash University with a Bachelor of Arts in theater, film, and television production, and has been on both sides of the camera in his work in the industry. From 1979 to 19, uh, uh, 1998, I'm sorry, Peter became a professional actor featuring and being featured in many popular Australian films and television series, and among which a project he worked on was a film called Hammers Over the Anvil, starring Russell Crowe and Charlotte Rampling with the South Australian Film Corporation. In 1992, Peter then turned his hand to multimedia, developing with the assistance of the Australian Film Commission the prototype of an interactive movie, Familiar Strangers, before moving to the United States, in 1998, to become a student of Avatar Adida Samraj. So, his partner in this is Blythe Massey, who is an award-winning documentarian who specialized in creating short films for global nonprofits for 15 years. She interviewed hundreds of people from 20 countries for stories that encapsulate transformation, peace, and the sacred very interesting. Blythe has also been invited to film in circumstances where no one with a camera would be usually permitted. She has filmed indigenous shamans in Ghana, medicine women in Mexico, rites of passage journeys in the United States, traditional ceremony in Fiji, and sacred dance in South India. While a student in Colorado at Colorado College, Blythe worked on the feature documentary The Brothers Berrigan, where she had the opportunity to film Nobel Peace Laureate Daniel Berrigan and legendary folk singer Pete Seeger. Blythe has produced, shot, and edited over 25 shorts. Conscious Light is her first feature documentary. So it's with great pleasure and honor that I have both of these directors with me today to discuss the film Conscious Light. So welcome to the show, Peter and Blythe. Great to have you both. Thank you very much. Thank you, Mitchell. Really appreciate the opportunity. Yes, so lovely to have you both. Um, Blythe, if you would just start us off, if you would, with what was it that motivated you to uh, start to work on this film in the first place and what happened then? Sure. Yeah. So, 
Uh, yeah, a little bit of background is I have actually just become a formal student of Adidas and spent four years um, studying and considering this teaching and was heart moved to participate in, in a more depthful um, process. And I'd already had mm-hmm. a history in filmmaking. Um, so I had a studio. And um, at that time, HD cameras had just come out. It was um, mm-hmm. actually the end of 2007 they came out. 2008 was an HD boom for people in the film world. And Adi Da had not been filmed yet um, in, a, in an extensive way with HD cameras. So someone was organizing a trip to um, Naitamba Island in Fiji, which is at the Hermitage in the Outer Islands there, um, to film him. And I was invited to go, and there was a team of us um, from various countries around the world, and we filmed him for um, what was about six weeks. And, um, you know, so the primary purpose at that time was simply to document this, you know, someone who we recognized as transmitting a divine state all the time, to film someone in that state, um, and that was our primary intention, simply to document. Um, And then I left the island on November 27th, uh, 2008, and that evening I received a phone call. I was on another island. Um, You have to go through multiple islands to leave the country. I was on another island, and I received a phone call that Adi Da had spontaneously passed from the body that very evening. The day after you left. The day I left. The same day day I left the morning of. Mm. Yeah. I think he missed you. (laughs) (laughs) So obviously it was a remarkable moment, and it stopped me and everyone in our tracks who we were very actively participating in that process. And for me personally, you asked how I got in this film. Well, that was the moment where I realized we were suddenly launched into a feature biographical film process, which was definitely not our intention at that exact time. And I knew that I would be a part of it and had to be, you know, that that was, there was a heart calling to um, now tell a much greater story. And soon thereafter, Peter Harvey Wright and others got involved and um, brought a ton of depth and expertise to the process. That is wonderful. Remarkable. I mean, the timing is uncanny, synchronistic, momentous, fantastic. I mean, right. I mean, who could ever think of that or plan it? Well, maybe some can, but not us. (laughs) Yeah, (laughs) it was a complete wonder, that exact thing. How could this, what, it it was like a humorous divine joke in a way. We just spent six weeks every day documenting whatever we could, whatever was possible. Um, And so then we were propelled into this feature filmmaking process. Exactly, exactly. That's beautiful. Mm -hmm. Thank you. Yeah, yeah. Peter, would you uh, discuss with our audience a little bit about your initial involvement and feeling inspired to, to work on this project as well? Yes, thanks, Mitchell. It, it actually started for me quite early in the 2000s, uh, while Adidas Sunrise was still around, and um, a number of us, uh, other filmmakers, and myself, had thought about the possibility of, you know, making a biographical film, and we'd had some ideas and, and thought about it, but it had never gone anywhere in particular. Um, uh, because I was also involved in a whole theatrical process at that time and uh, was very busy working that. And so when this uh, final filming of Arida was done by Blythe and others, um, as she said, it just became obvious that, right, uh, this is a different moment. Something has to happen here. And... Mm-hmm. Uh, Myself and uh, uh, Peter Moisless from Australia and Michael Dowson from Australia and Blythe and others, we all got together and looked at the possibility of, uh, you know, how this might occur. 
and we then spent um, quite a lot of time um, with ourselves and uh, some other significant writers um, within the uh, Adidas community. Um, we got together and really worked on the writing of it because that was obviously going to be critical and we wanted a, a very thorough script that um, gave a full sense of what we wanted to communicate. And so a lot was worked out in that process. Um, mm -hmm. And and it, taking care that uh, we didn't, as we communicated, that it was very plain speak so that anyone who was going to be watching this film could really understand what was being talked about and feel it, you know. And so mm -hmm. we, we worked that for quite some time and then began, we interviewed many of Adidas students and uh, uh, over that time we also began to examine all of the material um, that we had available to work with. And one of the things about this Mitchell that is, is really amazing in terms of Adidas work is that at the very beginning of his work he wanted to have everything recorded so from the beginning of his work in 1972 and it just so happened that uh, I was in Australia at that time and I was teaching uh, uh, film and television production with what is very old um, uh, half-inch videotape machines that would weigh three tons, and um, <laughs> it was it was all very old and cumbersome when we look back now. But that was the beginning yeah. of video recording, and that was the same time that Adida began teaching, and so he asked that everything that he did and said throughout his teaching years, right through to his passing in 2008, was recorded. So you can imagine the vast amount of material that we had to choose from in making this film. Encyclopedic. And, and <laughs> yes. you got it. Exactly. <laughs> right? Exactly. And, yeah. It's like, here's the, uh, here's the volume of the universe. Take your pick. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> well, and just to add a little bit to what Peter was just sharing, you know, he didn't ask for the documentation just for the sake of documentation. It's because he noticed when he asked to see some of the footage of him giving his silent um, transmission of blessing, he noticed that it was effective through this medium. And then, and then because it was effective, that... Um, could be shared with anyone who's open and available for all time. Yeah. So that was the purpose yes, of it, that, that something's mm -hmm. actually communicated through this specific medium. Yeah. Exactly. Well, right. now yeah. I have to share something with you. And now we uh -huh. will launch into discussion of the film itself, uh, mm -hmm. which I had the you know pleasure and delight to experience uh, not long ago at all, through my friends Abel and Dina Slater, who brought the film over and said, watch this. And uh, <laughs> so I obeyed. And uh, in fact, um, I mean, I'm so glad, and this is something I want to really convey and transmit to our audience here in our in our dialogue here and that is the film you two managed to capture not just a chronology not just some kind mm -hmm. of academic version of teachings or an ideology mm -hmm. but an energy field a true field of power that really comes across in the film so as you've both been saying in one way or another, uh, Adida himself saw and felt that transmission, and indeed so did I in sitting there mm -hmm. and watching it for its duration. From beginning to end, uh, I could feel presence, his energy, his love, his interest in uh, sentient beings, and um, 
plus, of course, his humor, which is completely delightful. I mean, he's also a New Yorker, and so he has a sort of <laughs> cultural, you know, affectation of that, and that has always come across, and I've also, you know, unlike many, had the opportunity through the community, a very kind and generous community that I came to be friendly with uh, through my old dear friend Richard Hart, who wanted me to attend everything, and uh, I went to something, and uh, I interviewed, you know, a score of people from the community, which I, I very much enjoyed. I found the, uh, the community to be highly intelligent and truly wonderful, loving people and extremely talented. So I had the opportunity to receive Darshan myself directly from Adida on, um, on sort of one and a half occasions and uh, visit you know, the Mountain of Attention as well as um, another mm -hmm. place where people gathered in L.A. And uh, yeah. I got a chance to kind of know him over the course of these years. And right. I have got to say to you both that my experience of the film was direct, as we say in Chinese, shakti. <laughs> you know, it was mm -hmm. truly a power gift that comes across. And it's not, how do I put this? It wasn't just energy. And I'd love to hear what you both have to say about this. I had the feeling, the sensibility that is very much part of his teaching, his wisdom teaching, that we are before and after this corporeal life. Uh, you know, that we have an eternal, immortal character that most of us don't spend a whole lot of time reflecting on. And mm -hmm. there is a sense that I feel he conveyed, and you both caught, that we could sort of, how do I put this, dwell in that mm -hmm. sensibility of what we are prior to our body-mind life. Yes. That was a long mm -hmm. sentence. Excuse me, <laughs> but now I'd love to hear what you both have to say. <laughs> well, um, yes, that's certainly what we were <laughs> okay. aiming to. Okay, <laughs> that's poignant. That was a very poignant yes. I like that, Peter. Yeah, yeah. But you know what I mean, of course. You know what I mean. I'd love to make this available yeah. to our audience so they can understand through your kind of deconstructing a little bit what it was like yes. to be with him and what your experiences are individually. Yes. And can yes. I just add one thing to that poignant yes? Um, what you just described, Mitchell, is what so many people have described after seeing this film, you know, in their own yes. words. Um, many people have expressed it as actually going on a journey, going on a journey through this film that they certainly didn't expect. Um, you know, one woman mm -hmm. said, you gave me a gift that I didn't even know that I needed. I thought I would be oh, bored or place. partly intrigued, but I was just blown out of the water, you know? <laughs> and so that's that, that word, that transmission of that divine state that, that mm -hmm. you know, Adi Da's confession is that he is, and that's, and that, that's available to everybody, and you can feel that. Um, I'm not sure what else you want to say about that, Peter, but just want to acknowledge, Mitchell, that that's um, that that confession, that communication, has been shared by so many people. Yes, that's right. It, it uh, the the thing that uh, Adida says at the I'm beginning of the film, I'm starting to feel very ordinary and and commonplace. But no, I'm kidding you. <laughs> no, that that is well, that is. <laughs> that is testimony, a little New York humor too, okay? Uh, a little, that is testimony to the job that the two of you did, both in mm -hmm. filming and in, uh, in selecting the material in mm -hmm. a sequence that had that kind of effect on so many people. And, uh, you know, kudos right, to yeah. you. Right, yes. Thank you. Peter, Thank you. what would you like Thank to you. Uh, share beyond that? Yes, period. Well, you know, it's interesting. At the beginning of the film, um, Adidas says, I am your real state, speaking to you in a form like your own. 
and that he is communicating that state throughout and he you know came here to help us realize that same state and so all of his work was associated with communicating how to realize that state and we as as uh, you know feeling separate individuals we have a different sense of our life but he says there is a prior unity prior to all of this that you are absolutely a part of and never separate from and you can realize that same unity and so that's what he is trying to do in all of his teaching and communication and transmission work. And that's what we were trying to communicate in the film and capture in the film so that everybody could feel that at a very basic level, feel the truth of that. And so, of course, we know here that if you look at the tradition of India, of Tibet, of China, of virtually any major what we know as wisdom tradition mm-hmm. they all in one form or another speak to that same fundamental truth the same mm-hmm. tenets are there these with all due respect this is not unique to the teachings of adida mm-hmm. and you and i we all know mm-hmm. this mm-hmm. however he had i would put it this way myself he had a voice as an American as a New Yorker and I'm really not like (laughs) trying to extol the virtues of New York that's really not it at all but he he did go to Columbia he was a student Mm -hmm. of uh, English or uh, literature I believe and writing Mm -hmm. so he was a master communicator and in the studies and the readings that I have done uh, that That is just so abundantly true. I feel that he's been able to invoke a voice that we can hear. It's got the That's right. the American mm-hmm. or, say, Western, more like yes. it, enculturation. And if yes. we hear this from, say, the Bhagavad Gita, if we hear these kinds of truth from the Upanishads or the Tao Te Ching, mm-hmm. Well, there's going to be some resonance, and for me there is a lot, but for, you know, most people, they'll hear some of it, the unconditioned and the conditioned mind, et cetera, et cetera. Mm -hmm. But when Mm -hmm. Adida speaks it, he's so speaking sort of in our own vernacular and our own lingo. So those are just some impressions and, you know, that I've I've made, and I'd love to hear Mm -hmm. Blythe and Peter about yours. Mm-hmm. What? Yeah, you know, actually, a couple of things come up for me that aren't um, direct. They're, it's not a direct answer to your question. I mean, one is that Adi Da was born in the West, but he makes it very clear that his instruction and teaching is for East, West, and Indigenous. And that's actually right. why there's a hermitage in Fiji on the international mm, line where the sun yeah. rises at the first point in the day, every day. That's where the sun rises, you know, and it's, and it's a culture that um, has even been described as a three-legged stool of East, West, and Indigenous. So, mm. so it's even beyond New York, it's beyond Western-born, you know, sure. there's... So that's a vast conversation, but um, something I can't help but yeah. feel. And, and the other part that I can't help no, but feel is... No, I'm glad you're saying this. This is useful. Cool. Yeah, yeah is oh, yeah. even though there are certainly similarities with the great realizers of history, um, what's partly unique about this moment is that this um, capacity to document that we've had. You know, you don't have um, documentation of some of the historical people that you're naming, the Shakyamuni Buddha, you know, Krishna, um, Jesus. You you don't have these verbal um, proof, proof of, Mm -hmm. you know, people's confessions. And that's quite extraordinary. And however that will play out over time, it will. But that's um, also something about, you know, about this film and communication. Yeah, yeah. Absolutely. It's right. The video, the quality of video during Jesus' time was 
really poor. <laughs> yeah, you know. <laughs> A lot of hearsay. <laughs> um, That's right. <laughs> the the thing about it too, Mitchell, it does it it really does speak to the modern man and the modern man's circumstance. Mm. And yes. Uh, you know, like, for instance, uh, Adidas talked about um, the, the, the value uh, of him being able to teach on the basis of um, Jung and the whole psychological movement um, that, that uh, you know, was a basis of our starting to understand ourselves more. And Adidas used this to great advantage and took it to another dimension altogether in his teaching and his outline of how we actually really work psychologically and, and individually mm-hmm. and so on. And so that became, uh, you know, uh, a very important aspect of his teaching that he, he needed these other things with Freud and company to be able to uh, outline further, take further than anyone has been able to do previously. And so... Um, I, that's what I found personally um, in the process of uh, coming to Arida. Uh, he was actually speaking to me and the needs that I had at the time when I started to look for something else. And mm. it was grounded. It was real. I could test it myself. I could actually test his teaching and verify that what he was saying actually worked or was the truth until the point where I came to the, the realisation that I could say, wow, uh, actually, this is the bottom line, go no further, absolute truth for me. And I Could you give an example really of that? Could you give... That, that's very powerful, Peter, and I really appreciate mm-hmm. you right. sharing this. Uh, uh-huh. I would just like to ask, when you say that you were able to verify this for yourself, what does that right. mean? <laughs> what does that look like? Well, it, it's amusing. And it's Talk about a little psychological right. probe. <laughs> <laughs> well, it, it's much more ordinary than that, and it's so uh-huh. everyday, it's in some senses ridiculous, because Adidas mm-hmm. says, and he says this in the film, um, uh, you, you first have to become human. And become, mm-hmm. becoming human means that you get very ordinary. And, for instance, when I was first approaching, my wife uh, then and I were, um, you know, doing what most couples do and we would, uh, our money was pooled and we would put it in a joint account and we would allocate everything from there. But one of the things that Arida advocates in terms of the right, what he describes as the architecture of living, is that um, it's best for each person to have their own integrity. Yes, be in relationship, but also allow each other to have your own integrity. And he suggested that it is better for each person to do that financially as well. And then if you are together and you have joint expenses, then you pool from your own pools to that joint process and pay whatever you need to. And I suggested this to my wife and she didn't want to know about it all. No, no, we're we're no, we're a couple and we're doing things, you know, together and we pay for things too, we contribute together, etc. Cetera, etc. Cetera. And I said, look, just try it. Uh, for a couple of months, you know, so a couple of pays, you have your money and and I have my money and we pull whatever's necessary. Let's just see how it goes. And it took one month of her experiencing that to feel the value and the joy in some sense of, uh, of having her ability to be able to determine what to do with her money. Um, that there was no going back from there. She actually really appreciated it. And, yeah. I mean, that's, that's a minor example that goes from ordinary mm-hmm. to he also demonstrated completely how to love. I learned mm-hmm. to love through Arida Samraj. I was, I was 
um, I thought I was loving before that, but in truth, there was a, a big difference before and after. Okay, you have tantalized us enough, Peter. Give us a little <laughs> idea of what you're talking about. Give us a little sketch of that. Okay. Um, when the relationship, uh, you know, between any man and woman, for instance, is my intimate then, my wife then, um, it always goes through, goes through times of testing. And uh, those testing, you know, you tend to look from your own perspective about how you feel about things. Um, she looks from her perspective and you end up um, speaking pretty strongly to each other, if not outright arguing and, and you know, having quite a fight and then you get back together and you, know, you, um, you make up and, and carry on, mostly. But... Adida demonstrated that um, uh, love breaks down for you when you do not love. And so, mm-hmm. if you come from, if you come from a position of not loving or anger or um, you know upset, then you are not being love in that moment. And if you are not expressing love. Uh, even in the midst of that and acknowledging the other and feeling the other, then you are not actually uh, being love and love breaks down for you. And so this be- this Got becomes, it. over Got time, it. a practice, yeah. you know, and Understood. a process Understood. that you really participate in. Yes, exactly. Thank you for that, that detailed... Mm. Uh, review, and I appreciate that. Let's let everybody know that you are listening to A Better World with Mitchell J. Rabin. We are on radio every week out of New York City. Uh, We are on the air on television as well out of New York on Monday evenings at 7 p.m. You can watch us either on local television here or through our website at www.abetterworld.tv If you do not yet receive our free weekly newsletter, please go to that same website, abetterworld.tv, and sign up and become part of A Better World's community and family. We'd love to have you. Well, we are spending the uh, entire time today speaking with the directors of this extraordinary film that I strongly recommend that you watch and watch. commune with, quite honestly, and it will be playing, in fact, in Williamsburg, New York, so if you're anywhere in the environment or within a thousand miles, you should make a point (laughs) of coming here on February 23rd at 7 o'clock, and you can get tickets and find out more information at www.consciouslightfilm.com. That's www.consciouslightfilm.com. Film.com. And now we are speaking with Peter Harvey Wright and with Blythe Massey, the two directors of this film. So, my word, we have a few more minutes left. And Blythe, I'd love to turn to you and just ask, what was it like for you to be spending those last, I said 40 days, is that accurate, of the time you spent? Yeah, yeah, of that's, give or take. that's accurate. I was there for six weeks, and yeah, give or take. Yeah. Yes. And just share with us a little bit what it was like prior to knowing that Adi Da was about to pass, and you were there in his living, loving presence. Every day was a complete joy and a complete wonder. And, you know, just to be in the company of one who... Um, is is simply an extraordinary being, and to witness that with my own eyes is a gift that I'm forever grateful for. But I would say that every day since is also still a joy and a wonder. And to still witness that with my own eyes, you know, when we made the film, we were I was working with footage, you know, for years. 
you know, working day in and day out with footage that spans decades. The body does life and teaching. And so um, it's, it's similar, you know, it's like that, Mm -hmm. that joy and that wonder completely was the case for me during those six weeks, but it's still, it's still the case. It's still very much the case. And so in that sense, there's no separation or even, um, you know, like something happened then and it's not happening now. Um, That's part of the mystery of the process. How can it still be a joy? How can it still be a wonder? Well, Mm -hmm. well, it is, and it's continuing to unfold. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Mm. Yeah. That's beautiful. And I I do want to say before we close, Mitchell, um, you know, that, the film at this point has won awards. It won the audience award for best future doc at um, the awareness film festival and other awards, including for and where is a the film awareness score. What, in Los what, 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 it was in, in Los LA? Angeles. Okay. Yeah. Yep. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Beautiful. Yeah. And so it's being That's well fantastic. received. It's screened in 30 cities right now. And I don't know, five or six countries and at least 20 more are happening in 2019. So there's a lot of information there. Yeah. It's, it's, it's wonderful. It's just taking off, you know, and, um, there's a lot of, you two must feel so good about this. We're very great. All of the labor. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. (laughs) God. So it's taking off. So when we say it's taking off, we also mean that a lot of people's lives are being touched through the yes. watching of the film. So yes. it's yes. a right. form of darshan, as we say. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yes. yes. Yeah. yeah. A beautiful. sacred sighting. It's beautiful. Yeah. 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 Mm. I'd like to thank you, Blythe. I really appreciate that sharing and giving us a sense of the scope. I'd like to actually circle around to one more idea that I find. Mm-hmm probably most attractive, interestingly, of the work and life of Adida, and that is mm-hmm. what was, and I believe still is, his involvement with the world. You talked, Peter, mm-hmm. about uh, ordinary, you know, and mm-hmm. we all have different ideas of ordinary. Um, but one thing that's very ordinary in this world is the body politic, because it's so removed, unfortunately, from divine wisdom. And if there were a bit more alignment, I think we'd have a very different world. Well, one of the things yes. that I have always been interested in, in regard to Adida's life and what it represents and what it has been, and I, as I said, believe it still is, is hmm. about healing the world and bringing forward um, a different type of consciousness in all pockets, all corners of the world, where right now darkness prevails in areas of war, of Mm -hmm. conflict, of violence. He has been very, very tuned in. And this I know through, you know, my dear friend Abel and others, that he was Mm -hmm. really paying close attention and doing his magic, his high spiritual work to seek to resolve the matters and bring a greater sense of light. So could you each comment on that? Because to me, the value of a spiritual teaching is actually how it shows up in the world and people's lives practical, ordinary lives, and that's not just Mm -hmm. about sitting on a cushion. It's really about how it manifests in the world of the day-to-day. Blythe, will you pick up on that, and Peter? Yeah. Peter, why don't you go ahead first? Okay. Um, It works on on two levels. Well, I mean, it it works on every level there possibly can be, but... Um, yes. You know, personally, it it is he, Adida has provided a way and a means for literally changing your life, and also literally changing, as I was speaking before, about the way you live uh, as love, and not as the feeling of separation, of difference, of another that I don't like or whatever it is. He demonstrates how to do that on a personal level for everyone who comes in contact with him. 
That's the first level. But at the other level, where Adida does his spiritual transmission work, he works in another at another meta level altogether, where he is uh, participating in the whole world circumstance constantly. And this is what is spoken about in the film as well. He has great sympathy for the human condition and non-human condition and he's concerned about the world altogether and if we are in touch with him in any way shape or form then he is able to work through us with any circumstance whatsoever and uh, we do for instance a, a weekly prayer as part of our community for various elements of, of uh, problem in the world and we do this as a worldwide community for half an hour each week bringing those particular um, areas of concern to Adida directly so that uh, not that he doesn't know that you know these are occurring but in our participation with him in that process that brings it to a whole other level of um, uh, possible solution, possible opening where he can do something else. Um, it's a, it's a, a, another dimension altogether of his work directly with the world. And we're in a process at the moment, as you say, with the body politic and all of that, with wars and everything else, where the world is actually really struggling at the moment because it doesn't have this wisdom and this wisdom can actually make a huge difference in the potential for the world altogether mm. beautiful beautiful thank you Blythe do you have anything you want to add to that um, the only thing I'd add um, it, it, it relates back to um, being on that retreat filming him um, just before he passed he wrote a book called Not To Is Peace, and Not To is hyphenated, referring to what is prior and communing with what is prior, what is before um, all of the ways that we separate. And that's a social wisdom text for everyone. But he made um, final changes on that text just before he passed. So I'm only hmm. highlighting that just to show it was so relevant. It's one of the last things that he was working on and a text that um, he hoped would not only be completely useful for, you know, formal practitioners who undertake their spiritual path, but um, social wisdom for everyone, you know. So, and then, and then for those of us, like you say, um, how relevant is something, you know, we – this practice and this life isn't just about the hour in the morning in the meditation hall and the hour being in the meditation hall. It's, it's this moment to moment relationship with this prior unity field. And, um, and so that's communicated very specifically in that text and was also mm -hmm. refined just before he passed. Mm, that's beautiful. And do the yeah. students, devotees, practitioners, feel that they are, through his teachings, beyond the transmission, uh, mm -hmm. able to follow and enter that sensibility of the unity he speaks of and that mm -hmm. space of mm -hmm. love and, and abide in that space? Mm -hmm. uh, that's a big yeah. question, and... It's a generalization, it's a question, question. I know, but based <laughs> yeah. on those in the community and on your own selves, do you feel that you are able to, in a sense, transcend the noise of human society and dwell even amidst of it uh, in, this, in this space, this prior space? You know, I'd say Mitchell, go ahead. Sorry, go black. Um, this is this is a, a a process. The whole the whole uh, time of spending time with Arida is a process, and you, you're virtually talking about realization of his yes. state mm -hmm. uh, when you ask mm -hmm. that question, Mitchell. And um, 
his state comes through to you at times when you are sort of most open, most surrendered to that possibility. And mm-hmm. uh, that's not all the time, of course, when as a student you start out in the process, but you know that you are participating with him in that from the beginning so that you're, you're not sort of looking for God, you're not um, sort of seeking realisation, you're actually participating with realisation from the very start mm-hmm. of the process and practice. And so you do have increasing an increasing sense of that state and mm-hmm. you have particular moments where it is absolutely profound and at other moments you don't feel anything but you stay in the room with him so that that participation continues to grow even if you don't feel it's growing. Any sort of participation with him will increase your understanding and feeling and response and depth. Beautiful. Well, thank you. That was a very hard question to really answer, (laughs) but uh, well done. (laughs) I wasn't expecting anything sort of wholly absolute or unilateral, but uh, just to get a bit of a, a greater sense of what you mm-hmm. both experience in the community itself as well as in yourselves. And uh, what you've done here mm-hmm. is, uh, I feel, a great gift to humanity, and I want to just personally thank you on behalf of humanity. <laughs> so yeah. uh, really, well. it's, um, it's truly a work that I hope finds tremendous resonance as it continues on being shown throughout uh, the mm-hmm. different screenings around the world. So I want to thank you both for being guests today and sharing this time with us and our audience here. So Peter Harvey Wright and Blythe Massey, you've done a beautiful work, and uh, thank you for joining me today. Thank you so much for having us, Mitchell. It's been an honor to be here with you. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Thank you. Thank you both. Let's let everybody know that... uh, you can see the film uh, in New York, as I mentioned before, in Williamsburg on February 23rd at 7 o'clock. And you can get tickets and more information at www.consciouslightfilm.com. And are other showings in other parts of the country or world available there also? Everything's listed yeah. on that website. So that is the go-to place to find out where mm-hmm. film screenings are happening, what's unfolding, um, and eventually when the film itself will be released. That's great. That's great. Yep. And is is there yeah. going to be uh, is there going to be um, a a release, a theatrical release? Uh, not as such. No, as in theaters, be, uh, like we're well, doing it's our own screening in theaters. Yeah, it's been screening in theaters all over the place, as you'll see on the website. Um, and some of those have been partnered with the theaters it's themselves, and some have, are being self-produced. So someone's renting yes. the theater and producing a film yes. there. But that's, that's as far as we're going um, with the, yes. with the, the release. Yeah. Theatrical release, yeah. Well, yeah. bravo and kudos to you both and to the community. Thank and uh, thanks again for joining me today on A Better World. You helped to make it a better world for our audience. So thanks again. Thank you, Mitchell. Thank you. Absolutely. Be well, you two. Thank you. Wow. You're so welcome. Bye-bye now. That was quite a journey, quite a journey that I so enjoyed going on as I did go on the journey in the film itself. And I strongly recommend you go if you have any inkling or even if you don't uh open up to the space because it's uh it's a rarefied air and it's rich oxygen and it's something that the planet doesn't have enough of which you know I always say is why we're dealing with what we're dealing with now it doesn't have to be this hard and difficult and stressful and challenging It's going to be those to some extent anyway, but the kind of attitude we can cultivate while 
dealing with navigating the rocky shoals of human life uh, really can be made simpler and more loving and more compassionate. And Adida very much represents these qualities, these virtues of humanity. And uh, the more we can become familiar with them, the better we are. So I'm, I'm grateful to the directors who made this film and really enjoyed spending this time with them, as well as to my friends Abel and Dina Slater for introducing me to them and to the film so we could uh, do a show on this. And I want to just remind you all that A Better World, we are ourselves a 501c3, a nonprofit organization, and we appreciate any donations that help to keep us sustained on the air and bringing you broadcasts of this type so we can send our resonant field out into the world and emanate light wherever we go. So remember that and visit our websites, uh, abetterworld.tv and www.mitchellrabin.com for the healing, counseling, and coaching services and energy balancing services that we have available there as well. And all things that help to support uh, personal and planetary health and sustainability. So on that note, thank you again for joining. This is Mitchell J. Rabin for A Better World. And pass this on to your friends and family and everyone so they can get the benefit of the words of our guests today and on other days. And I look forward to seeing you all next week.